You're listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. As a company, we certify the world's best business coaches. And on this podcast, we teach you everything you need to know to grow a business. Welcome back to part four of our seven-part series on how your business is like an airplane. If you haven't already, go play catch up on part one, where our host, Donald Miller, and co-hosts, Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan, give the ultimate breakdown on how your business is like an airplane by detailing how each section works together. Next was part two, the cockpit, where the trio, Don, JJ, and Kula, talk leadership and what's needed to pilot your business, as well as all the tools you need to stay on course. Finally, if you thought companies thrive simply because they have a great product, you definitely need to listen to part three, the right engine, where you'll learn the perfect marketing framework and realize a company actually thrives when it masters the art of telling customers about their products. Phew. By the time you're done with the series, it'll be like getting an NBA in business. But now, on to part four, the left engine, or sales. Get ready for a crash course. Uh, hold on, let me uh, rephrase that. Get ready for a super insightful and rife with information course on how you can create a step-by-step -step path your customers can take to make a purchase, as well as monitor the progress of every lead. This is Business Made Simple. JJ and Kula, we're talking about the left engine on the airplane today. You know, we talked about the, the right engine last week. That's your marketing. Left engine is your sales. Now, JJ, do you remember when we hired our first salesperson? I Kula do. wasn't I here. Her. Were you here? I was here before JJ, but who's counting? One week. Month. Is that true? <laughs> One month. Yes, it's, she got hired right before yes, me. Full time. I was here JJ, before you part time. You came in. Let's not let the facts get in the way of the story. Here's why. You and I knew each other years before yes. Kula. And obviously, I didn't know Kula before we hired her, and then it was too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, yes, I do remember. Okay, Thanks but do for you, asking. I, you know, we've never talked about this. It was Matt Harris, yes. who ended up being a phenomenal Un success. Unbelievable. He, he's, a, he's just a rock star yes. as a sales executive. He's insane. He really is. He's unbelievable. And you can see him on many commercials because he's also a part-time oh, yes. actor. He's in an Arby's Haverty's? commercial. Or, Haverty's? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. 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 He's like, here, put the bed here. When he's, dreamy. he's dreamy. He's <laughs> dreamy. <laughs> He'll love hearing that. Uh, yeah. So Matt, we brought on Matt. But I don't know if you guys remember this or were even in this headspace. I was scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, we it was, are. you know, it was like, is this going to work? I was afraid he wouldn't, we didn't have the product that he was going to be able to sell. Yeah. He ended up just crushing it. Now, yes. he's also a great salesperson. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to hire the right person. But I, I remember thinking, no, we can just exist with the market. We can just exist with the right engine. And I reluctantly brought in the left engine. It's ended up being a, a department I love. But, and a lot of you, I, I would say most of the people listening to this podcast are wondering do we bring in a sales team? Right. Mm -hmm. And you're probably going, I, you know, it's something new I'd have to manage. It's something I'd have to organize and figure out. Well, that's why this episode is going to be really great for you. We're going to talk to Kyle Willis, our sales director later. But Kula, when you're working with a company, mm -hmm. what is the checklist? You know, we're talking about the checklist for the right, right engine, checklist for left, left yep. engine, checklist for the cockpit. What's the checklist? What do we need to think about as it relates to an existing sales team or whether we're going to create a sales team? 
So the first thing you want to think about is developing your sales team and your sales process. So at the time we hired Matt, we really didn't have a sales process. We kind of just, just had Matt. We just had horsepower. We just, power. just, <laughs> just <laughs> had horsepower. <laughs> Yelling at Matt. Matt, yeah. someone's <laughs> on the phone. Because <laughs> we had a landline at that time. Yes, we did. Oh, good old days. <laughs> oh, we did have a landline. I forgot I know. about that. Yeah. I know. But before you take on multiple salespeople, you really need a process. And that process involves really six main steps, if you will. The first is leads, right? You got to have leads. Yeah. yeah have- and that's where your marketing comes in because your marketing Perfect. actually funnels yep. leads. You know, here's another thing just before we go too far yeah, yeah, into yeah. this. We had our marketing and sales team talk to each other intimately. Yeah. In fact, Kyle Willis runs the marketing and sales team. Mm-hmm. Now, mostly sales, but he's our revenue director. So he's yep. in charge of revenue. They got marketing to work with sales, where in most companies, those are siloed. Marketing yep. mm-hmm. does not talk to sales. They compete with each other. They don't like each other. That's a huge mistake. Huge marketing mistake. should be figuring out how to get qualified leads to sales. That's right. And we figured that out early, and, and it paid huge dividends. So. Leads. It is remarkable what happened when we joined those two together. That's yeah, because another- they, they were actually separated, and then, but, but we would get leads to them. But mm-hmm. then the person who was over sales actually started meeting with the marketing director every day to figure yeah. out that relationship. They're just in step with each other all yeah. the time. Your, your marketing person should be talking to your salesperson. They should be playing golf. They should be eating burgers together. They should be doing all that. <laughs> okay, so you need leads. And then the second sort of step is to qualify those, those leads. So you got to figure out, are the people in your database actually qualified to purchase a product that we have to sell. So in our sales team, we actually have a person dedicated to qualifying the hundreds and hundreds of leads that we get per day and Mm -hmm. filtering those to the right salesperson. And it's important to talk about why we do that. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it it gives the salespeople more opportunity to do what they're there for, and that's to close deals. And if they are are filtering out leads, that's a massive inefficiency in the sales process. you know, it was a big step. And again, I was kind of going, guys, are you sure? And ultimately sales went up. I mean, just not even ultimately, very quickly sales went up. Well, it makes all the sense in the world. Salespeople shouldn't be talking to unqualified leads. So Josh says, well, if they're not qualified, you sell them BMSU, you sell them yeah, some other things. That's the thing you, that he does. Is take care of them. It's not just saying you are not, we don't have any product for you. He's getting the right people in the right lanes, right? Because right, our salespeople... Right really are working on people that require a little bit more information. You want to talk to it's them. It's a consulting gig. It's a consulting to some degree because we're trying to find out what product we offer can solve your problems. Right, right. And so if you find out very quickly, oh, this is an entrepreneur who doesn't have a big business and isn't, you know, it's just getting started. We have some tools for you. And Josh can get those in their hands very quickly with BMSU. That's yeah. right. So already we've got the salesperson and then we've got the qualifier. You know, the other thing about a qualifier is that they don't just say you're not qualified or they don't put you in a file that says you're not qualified. Not yet. Yeah. But we mm-hmm. know, we know you're, we're intimately familiar with who you are and what you do. And we can call you at some point and say, hey, I think it's probably time that you take care advantage of this product. You know, mm-hmm. so it's really important. The other great thing about Josh is that, or any sales qualifier, you can incentivize them to downsell those customers other products that they would have never heard of. Like right. JJ so just Josh said. is, yeah, that's another important thing. These guys are all incentivized. Right. So you get a lead, you have someone qualify that lead and hand that lead off to a salesperson. The salesperson or the qualifier, depending on how you set it up, does an intake. So basically this is a, com- a quick conversation. So I wouldn't book it for more than you know, 10 or 15 minutes because you don't want to offer free consulting. But this intake conversation is really so that the sales rep understands the specific problem that customer is dealing with. And so they can create talking points that can sell the appropriate product to that person. So that intake conversation really just unveils what specific product is appropriate and will help that customer the most. So that's the intake conversation. We do this in, in a, a piece of software called Pipedrive. Yep. 
So the customer moves, you know, think about it going around the bases in uh, baseball. You know, they're on first base, second base, third base. Depending on where they are, you, you have an organized system that tells you what the customer needs. So, and th- so we're, we're kind of mixing two things here. One is the, the levels of pipe drive and the people who deal with those different levels. So mm-hmm. if you're following at home and, and you got a little notepad there, that's, that's what we're doing. We'll be right back with Don J.J. and Kula in just a second. But we wanted to take a quick break to let you know that along with the recent launch of Business Made Simple, the book, we're hosting a Business Made Simple Summit. And here's Don with all the details. Well, as you know, the airplane metaphor is talked about in Business Made Simple, the book. And many of you, thousands of you have already bought the book. We are having a special summit if you've bought the book. It's a reward for you for buying the book in which I'm going to spend way more time going through every little detail of the airplane. You can consider it almost a checklist of everything you need to fix in your business. If you own a business, run a business, are responsible for a business, or just want to understand business, make sure you register for the summit. Now, here's the thing. Registration is free. I'm going to do this one time, and we're doing it on February 9th. What you want to do is go to Business Made Simple Summit, businessmadesimplesummit.com, businessmadesimplesummit.com. Enter your receipt number, enter your receipt number for having bought Business Made Simple, the book off of Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. Enter your receipt number and we will get you registered for that summit. Go to businessmadesimplesummit.com. Be a part of that February 9th summit in which I go through every intimate detail of the airplane and show you how your business can run like an airplane and fly far and fast. A lot of times if your products are a little bit more expensive and you don't want to, you know, people aren't going to immediately be willing to buy them on that first phone call, you've got to build trust with those customers. And you do that through using sales tools. So helpful PDFs or one pagers about your product that really explain the benefit of that product and how it's going to help that customer get to success. Um, Webinars, Q&A calls that we do. These assets you can create and arm the sales team with just add value to the customer. They help show how their problems will be resolved and ultimately guide that customer closer to the buying decision. And you'll want to, again, connect with your marketing team so that the language your marketing team is using is the same language that your sales reps are using on the phone with those customers. At this point, that customer is on the brink of saying, yes, I'm going to do business with you. Yes, I'm going to buy my product. So at this point, a sales rep or a sales administrator will send a proposal to that client. And the proposal really just reiterates the value they're going to get out of buying this product. So talks about, hey, you're dealing with this problem. Here's a product that's going to help solve that problem. Here's what your life's going to look like on the other side. Let's sign the deal and do this thing. And if you don't have a proposal template that your sales team can really quickly copy and paste and pull different um, swipe copy from to create a proposal they can really quickly send to their clients. And I really highly suggest doing that. Yeah. And and people are probably dismissing it. They're going to go, oh, proposals are, they're, they're so antiquated and that's yeah. too long ago. But we thought so we this was so effective for us mm-hmm. and we thought it was so important that we actually put a course called proposals made simple that kula callahan teaches that's right on our online platform and even though i have a lot of wonderful courses on there <laughs> apparently it's trending up and passing some of my courses which i'm trying not to be bitter about but i think the reason is it's making people a lot of money it yeah. does and it's yeah. the, it seems so honestly stupid it's like do i really have to send this 
beautifully designed document. They already know well, here's the, the stuff. thing. The more people who say our oh, proposals are antiquated, those are people you're going to beat. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It really is it, wild. Yeah. It's a clearinghouse of information. And what the customer needs in order to say yes is not to be talked into it or strong armed. They need clarity. Yep. And to send a proposal, you put all of the information in an organized fashion that Kula teaches at Proposals Made Simple uh, in one document. And so, you know, you haven't talked to him a while and say, well, you should look over the proposal again. Let me give you a call tomorrow yeah. and uh, we can decide whether you want to move forward. And it puts all the information in one place that you can get other people to buy in as That's well. Right. right. You can you can send it up the flagpole. Or whatever. Yeah. There's other people who are part of the decision making process. And mm-hmm. so your team, your supervisor. So, you know, how something that summarizes everything that you've been talking about in those sales calls and marketing and they have the ability to take it to their team to get more buy-in. That's right. And right. the sales the salesperson should actually say, print it out and take it to your boss, yep. have a meeting and tell me what you guys come up with that if you have any questions. Yep. People do what they're told to do. They'll yep. do that. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's step five, send a proposal to really start the closing sequence. And then finally, of course, you got to close the sale. So mm-hmm. every person on your sales team should be trained with disciplined talking points that they know will help them close the sale. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, we are creating a framework called Sales Made Simple that will be available very soon. But your sales team needs a framework, a process that they can use to create those talking points that will help them close the deal. You know, if you hire a salesperson who's just charming and say, hey, go sell stuff, they're, they're going to do okay. Yeah. Probably. If you have a good product and they're a good salesperson, they're going to do okay. You, put, you, you start putting mass numbers of people through these six, seven areas of pipe drive, and you have somebody who's uh, qualifying those leads, and you have another administrative person we haven't even mm-hmm. talked about who's yep. sending out the contracts and shipping whatever information that needs to be shipped out. Uh, you're going to create a machine out of that sales force, and that person's charm is going to be channeled to the people who actually will say yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what was it? We, we looked at the numbers this year. It was, it was like 50% of our sales were coming from our sales yes. team. What that means is the airplane, you get the, the left engine firing, you get the right engine firing, and it goes. It can go twice as fast and twice as far. So it's, this, this stuff is really important. Of course, you can scale up your marketing and scale up your sales team mm-hmm. and make the plane go even faster as your overhead increases, as your wings get bigger. It's just, you, you know, I, I just know because I was the guy who was sitting the fence on whether we start a sales <laughs> team. And I'm telling you, I wish I'd have done it a year sooner. Well, Kyle Willis actually runs our sales he team. He's the sales director. But he's also over marketing as well. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I think of him as a revenue director. You know, we had a problem with our company, and it was that I was the only one who was losing sleep about revenue because everybody else was busy with their own thing. And so I would look at the numbers and go to bed going, we didn't make any money today. We spent $25,000. We made six, you know, and I'm doing the math in my head, thinking, where are we getting the 19? I was the only person doing that. And so it was really Doug Kime who came in to take over as president of the company. The first thing he did was he said, we're going to share the concern about revenue between you, the CEO, and a couple other people. And you're all going to meet and talk about revenue. And he put Kyle Willis in charge of that. And so that did a few things for us. It, It made somebody else think about revenue with me, but it also got marketing and sales talking to each other and sharing best practices and sending leads and the, the marketing team started giving air cover, you know, sending specific emails to tagged customers who'd had certain conversations with uh, with our sales team. Uh, I, I actually asked Kyle if he would come in and sit down and tell me, let's let's look under the hood and see what's how you built this engine, <laughs> and uh, and he agreed to do it. Kyle Willis, thanks for joining me. So glad to be here, Don. 
Well, normally behind the scenes, pulling the levers, making everything work. Uh, now you're front and center. Your first ever podcast interview. Is that right? Uh, yeah. You're letting me out of the basement today. <laughs> this is bold. I like it. Let's do this. Uh. All right. I'm only, uh, I'm only scared if you are. <laughs> I'm on board with you. Kyle, the reason that we, we made you revenue director is because we were struggling with something. I, I, I could feel it on my end as the CEO. I felt like I was the only person in charge of revenue or, or responsible for revenue. And I'm telling you, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders when you came on. And that, there were now not just one of us concerned with the revenue. There were two. There were three. And there were, you, know, you and Tyler, head of, of marketing, were also uh, thinking about revenue every day. I'm curious from your perspective... What were the consequences of not having a revenue responsibility shared throughout members of the leadership? The overall goal for this was really so that we could make sure that we had co-ownership of making sure that we were just driving profitable and sustainable growth. You know, in the past, I think revenue just lived inside your head so much, Don. And really what we want you doing is out there creating, writing, doing all the things that you do best, being up on stage. And when, you know, I came together with uh, our director of marketing, Tyler, Really what we wanted to do is say, what are our top priorities overall as a company? And really what that translates into is what are our highest return opportunities? Because when we're taking a look at our lead and lag measures, we need to be looking at those things every single day. And not only looking at what it is that day, that month, but also looking at the next several months and the next quarter ahead so that we can know what to expect. Yeah, that was really comforting to me when you started releasing quarterly projections. I mean, not just, you know, responsible for revenue, but actually projecting what our revenue is going to be in the third and the fourth quarter. Because me making financial decisions, whether they're, whether we're going to hire somebody, whether we're going to invest in a new uh, course that can cost upwards of $200,000, being able to see, okay, well, we're going to make that revenue in December and January to cover that course was massive. Okay, there's another question that I've got. I'm wondering, you know, we know that, that, that hiring a revenue director or making somebody revenue director or giving the responsibility to either your sales director or your marketing director, it frees up the creativity of the owner, frees up creativity of the team, shares responsibility. Uh, if you've got three people looking for blind spots, you're much less likely to switch gears and hit somebody. So all of that is really great. Now I'm curious about how you do that and specifically, what are the routine meetings that you have as revenue director? And also, what are the metrics that you're looking for and looking at every week to do that job? So first, uh, routine meetings. What are the routine meetings that you have as, as somebody who's responsible for revenue? Yeah, that's great. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about four routine meetings that I have. The first is an actual, it's a one hour, once a week meeting with our director of marketing. That's where, again, we're going back to those highest return opportunities that we have. And we're asking questions for each of those products. What are we doing this week to drive this product? And we're also taking a look at the lead and, and lag measures for each of those. The, the second meeting that I'm actually going to talk about is our uh, weekly sales team meeting. This is just with my sales team. What we're wanting to talk about here is any new product launches or changes that we're having, any changes to our current sales process, and also just taking a look again at, at really two key metrics here. It's how many deals have we started? So these are actually qualified leads that were passed to us from marketing. We want to know how many of those are we saying, hey, we are actually putting this person through a sales process. And then what is that sales cycle resulting in? How many of those deals were won and how many of those deals were lost? 
We also have a daily standup. Um, this happens actually three days a week with our sales team. This is a 15 minute meeting where it's really led by our project manager on our sales team more than anybody else. Um, so she's actually, that's Hillary on our team. She's actually walking us through the different projects that we are working on. Again, these are all tied into our, our highest return opportunities and priorities that, that we have as a sales team. Um, and that, that would be what our, our, our meeting number four is, is actually a one-on-one, -on -one, what we call a speed check. I'm actually meeting with every single member of my sales team once a week to go through what are their individual top five priorities and how does that tie into the overall uh, department priorities that we have as a sales and marketing team and just making sure that we're staying on pace there, getting any updates. And if there is anything that is keeping them from moving forward on that priority, what is my job as the, the, as the director to try to help them push that forward? How have you seen, how has those routine meetings made your job or made the department run more efficiently, Kyle? I think it really just creates an open feedback loop and, and really want to paint the picture. This goes both ways. You know, it's not just me talking to my sales team. I'm wanting to hear from them. They're the ones on the phone with the customers all day, every day. That allows me to be able to go to Tyler, our director of marketing and tell him, hey, here's what we're hearing. You know, we just launched this new product. Here are some of the, the, the things that we need to be tackling. Some of the problems that we're actually hearing directly from our customers. Um, it also allows me to be able to go back to you and to our leadership team and, and, and again, provide some feedback to say, here's what we are seeing. Here's what we are hearing with the customers. And we want to make sure even all the way from the, from how you're talking about the product, maybe on the podcast or in the release of a new book, all the way down to our marketing um, materials and just making sure that all of that is aligned and tying into what we're actually hearing from the customers, which starts with the sales reps. And I can really be kind of the tether and just the constant feedback loop to bring that back to the team. What are the metrics that you really care about? I mean, when you look at numbers, what are you looking for? And, and what are the what's on the flight control dashboard as you fly the airplane? Yeah. So our sales goals actually start with marketing, which, again, is another reason why it's so important that you have your alignment with your sales and marketing priorities. So we are, are taking a look every single morning. First thing I'm looking at is how many leads came in the previous day. And again, I'm attaching those leads. These are the applications that are coming in for the really the top three products that, that we sell. The second metric that I'm taking a look at is really once those people enter into the relationship management, which I'm going to call the, the, our, our sales pipeline and our sales process, I want to know how many new deals did we start that day? What that tells me is these are people that we've gotten on the phone with that were sent to us. These are leads that were sent to us from marketing and we're saying, hey, they're qualified. You know, the, these, these people, they, they have the money. We, they have a problem that we can solve. They fall within the time frame of when we can actually help, help serve them. And this is actually the main decision maker that we need to be talking to, the key stakeholder in making that, in making that decision. All right, so the final metric that we want to take a look at is really just to make sure that we have a clear picture on how long that sales cycle is taking. So once a lead is passed over to us from marketing, we're actually putting them through our sales process. How long does it take us for the, uh, how long does it take us to turn that person into a customer and make sure that we have a really good solution or product that we're providing uh, them for their problem that they've stated? That's awesome, Kyle. Okay, so if there's applicable action steps, it's have somebody in your company share responsibility with the CEO for revenue. And, and really, it's you and Tyler. We actually have three who are constantly thinking about revenue. And then routine meetings uh, that protect revenue and cash flow and routine metrics that you're actually looking for to decide and to know and to have wisdom about what whether our cash flow and our revenue is going to be strong 
Uh, and then, of course, you're creating all sorts of reports. You're creating reports on past revenue. You're comparing how we did this month to our goal. And you're also forecasting future revenue. So, you know, it, it's been a, a big part of our company growing. Uh, I think it, it does take a specific kind of person. I think it's a it's somebody who understands strategy, big picture, but also uh, uh, can get into the weeds and get the details and, and reverse engineer why good things or bad things are happening and then uh, turn those into action steps. So it's not just an average person's job. You're going to want to look for somebody who has all that. Kyle, thanks so much. It's an honor to have you on the team. Uh, I can't tell you what a burden uh, you've taken off my shoulders and how creative you've allowed me to be. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. There you go. Now you have a firm grasp on how to build up your business's left engine. And like Don and Kyle were saying, make sure it's working in tandem with your right engine or your marketing engine so you have all the thrust you need to get to your destination without any malfunctions. One way to guarantee a safe flight is to hire a StoryBrand certified marketing guide. Just go to marketingmadesimple.com. Our guides are the best marketers in the world and can help you create the marketing tools you need like a sales funnel. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can take the word of StoryBrand certified guide, Elaine Acker. One of Elaine's clients is iWrite, a Houston-based youth literacy nonprofit. Now, some of you might be perking up going, nonprofits are donor-based, not sales-based. What are you getting at, Richards? We'll take a listen as Elaine breaks down how she helped iWrite more than double their donations. We started with the very basics. We needed to go in and do messaging because a lot of the time when they would answer the question, first of all, no one um, among their staff, their board, their volunteers, no one answered the question, what do you do in the same way? They knew they needed consistency. And then the other thing was that they needed to stop speaking kind of in education speak and start speaking the way um, a kid or a donor or a parent might look at iWrite. We worked on their messaging, their brand script, all of the basics, the, the basic narrative, the core messaging, uh, even their mission and vision statements. And one of the things that I, I thought was so important was that you know they were communicating clearly with donors. The best compliment I got out of that was Melissa Murphy, who founded the organization, told me that that exercise in messaging gave her the confidence to ask for more money. So within probably 90 days of our first work together, she had more than doubled her investment in me and the work we did together. And she turned right around and probably in the next six months from one other single donor doubled that. What I see that can frustrate me or make me celebrate somebody is this willingness to think like a business on the part of the nonprofit. You're a business, you're a corporation. And it says so right there on your 990, if you don't believe me. You have so much more leeway than you think you do to raise money for your mission that matters so much. And you know, you're pouring your heart and soul into this. You deserve the revenues to support that mission. If you want to work with the best marketers in the world, like Elaine Acker, hire a StoryBrand certified guide today by going to marketingmadesimple.com. Or if you're a marketer and want to join our amazing community, apply now at storybrand.com slash guide. Today's episode is all about sales. And so today's closing thought is going to be about sales. I never, ever imagined myself 
as a salesperson. I, I traditionally I'm a writer. Uh, you know, creatives don't like to sell their stuff. They would just want to be so good that everybody lines up around the block to buy with their painting or their or their book or their album. I mean, have you ever met uh, a, a musician or anybody who's a good salesperson? Well, the truth is, uh, you may not have met them, but you know who they are. When you see uh, an uh, an actor on Jimmy Fallon or or uh, on some late night show talking about their movie, they're selling uh, that movie. Life is really about sales. It's really about you creating something or representing something and telling other people about what it is. You know, when I first wrote a, a big bestseller, it was called Blue Like Jazz. Uh, I actually didn't do a whole lot to sell that book. I mean, I would put one in an envelope every once in a while and send it to somebody. I'm just not that guy, right? I, I like living in the future. And, and I think my books are good. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of them by any stretch of the imagination. But I didn't have the self-confidence to sell. Now, here's what I know. That that unwillingness to sell uh, was not that I didn't want to bother somebody or I didn't want to come off as only wanting somebody's money. I just didn't believe in my product. I needed affirmation. I was looking for somebody to tell me I was good rather than to go to the world and say, this is good. That's a massive transition from where I'm at now. My, my last book, Business Made Simple, I'm telling you, I give that to people who work at a gas station. I mean, I, I don't even sell it. I just give it away. And, and here's why. I think it's valuable. I think it solves somebody's problem. I think when I look back on my life, if I would have had this book, when I was 20 years old, it would have inspired an entrepreneurial imagination. You can hear it in my voice. This is the solution to a problem. If you have a problem, you need this book. I'm all over Instagram. I'm all over this podcast. I'm telling people to get the book because it solves a problem. So what if, what if you actually have not discovered that you're a good salesperson because you don't believe in your product and maybe you don't believe in yourself? Maybe that's the root of the problem. There's a way around that. There's a way to solve that, if you will. And it's this. You need to go out and verify that the product you're selling is actually the solution to a problem. And if you run a sales team or if you run a company, you need to put your sales team on a, on a bus or in a, on a plane or in cars and go to a, a, a client whose problem has been solved by your solution and spend a day with them, buy them lunch. It needs to be a routine part of your training and you're developing that person or that team. They need to have firsthand knowledge of the incredible benefit that somebody has because they are using this product. Because that story of having lunch with that person, that story that that person told at that lunch about how you solved their problem will be repeated a thousand times. It will also give that salesperson confidence. It is really all about belief in your product. And let me tell you the opposite. If you're afraid to sell, what you're saying is I don't believe in my product and I don't believe in myself. Find those stories, immerse yourself in those stories, and then sell it by talking about the problem that it solves and do so with confidence. People have problems. You have something that solves those problems. Go out there and help them. Sell, not a dirty word, sell. Thanks for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. And if you're considering becoming a Business Made Simple certified coach, you can apply now at certifiedbusinesscoach.com. 
And on the flip side, if you want to hire a business made simple certified coach, just visit us at hireacoach.com. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or honestly, wherever you listen to podcasts. The Business Made Simple podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by me, Bobby Richards. It's hosted by Donald Miller and co-hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan. Tim Schur is our executive producer and Melissa Paduzzi and Lindsay Frail are co-producers. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you.